Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Choniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome in to Bears Weekly. We're deep into the NFL Scouting Combine, and we are going to be talking all about it all night long. We've got some special guests as well. Greg Cosell breaks down tape for NFL Films. Will join us. The hot topic is the quarterbacks, of course, and also... Uh, Bruce Feldman, who does an outstanding job writing about college football for The Athletic and the sideline reporter for Fox College Football Saturdays. He does a great job and has done a deep dive already on a number of these players he's gotten to know very well over the course of their respective careers. I'm Jeff Joniak with Super Bowl winning Bears guard Tom Thayer. Jim Miller will be along from the Combine as well. We're up at Hallis Hall. I uh, drove back up here because uh, of an event we have tonight up here at Hallis Hall. But uh, I've been there all week, so we can talk about that. And, Tom, I know you're watching everything on television right now, and you're getting uh, a lot of good information. But this is about quarterbacks. This draft, about the top three, and then where the rest fit in and potentially in the first round, of course, the Bears are the talk of the entire draft. Well, Again. It is to you, but I'm a position uh, It is to you, but I'm a position player. So I pay attention to a little bit more outside just the, the quarterback position. Um I, I tell you what, I see a lot of speed, a lot of yeah. athleticism. I see a lot of physical development. I see a lot of guys that aren't shy about getting into the weight room. Um, and I'm glad to see it because I need to see the reflection of commitment by these guys that are invited to the Combine that that's, this is what they want to do for a living. And I've seen a lot of evidence um, in the, the 40s and some of the drills that the different positions have done today. Right, the first of the drills today. And now we're joined from Indianapolis by former Chicago Bears quarterback from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, Jim Miller here for a couple of segments. He's got a big dinner tonight with the entire crew from Sirius XM. It's a big night for you, and it's been a busy few days uh what have you what have you learned so far and certainly how it pertains to the bears jimmy yeah obviously you know you do wonder about the the future of the combine when certain players won't be doing all the testing and some won't even be doing the medicals believe it or not that's what the the combine was formed to do was get the the medicals on all the players where teams you know can submit that information abroad to all 32 teams but i think tom kind of nailed it i think you're seeing the you know, the athleticism of the edge rushers, the big defensive linemen that got on the field today. So there was a lot of buzz because you start to see the numbers. That Braden Fisk from Florida right. State, what a, what a show that that guy put on. And Pat and I interviewed that kid, 71 games in college, five years at Western Michigan, transfers to Florida State. The guy missed one game. He missed four practices total, and he actually put on a show today. Four seven eight in his 40. He's a very explosive player very productive, and really, you know, he's right there in Michigan City, you know, just down the street from the Chicago Bears. You just wonder if they want a, an explosive three technique. This guy has literally checked every box from from the Reese's Senior Bowl to what he did here today at the Indianapolis Combine. I just saw the recent numbers of, of Dallas Turner, the, the edge rusher. My goodness, what he posted today. But, again, you got to be able to play football, all the tape factors in, but – you know, there are a lot of different things that are unfolding here at the Combine that are not traditional and things have been done differently than in the past. 
Hey, Jim, I asked Jeff this question. I'd like to hear your answer because last year there was so much conversation about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud in the quarterback position, almost at nauseum at, in some t- at some times. And I get a kick out of watching the rest of the position players and to see their performance in the combine. And then you think about what the narrative, what the conversation has been about the quarterback position this year. Is it any different this year than it was last year just because of the amount of quarterbacks they have at the upper uh, of, uh, upper side of the scale? Yeah, yeah. well, I agree with you, Tom. I think this year is a little bit different. Yeah, quarterbacks always drive drafts, but you look at the guys that are out there available on the free agent market. I don't even think since when I played there have been this many guys available. You've got Ryan Tannehill. You know, uh, you know a player like Russell Wilson is expected to be released. You've got – you know, other players that are out there that come with extensive playing time. Gardner Minshew, he's available on the open market. Kirk Cousins is available on the open market. So just the volume of quarterbacks in free agency and what the draft is going to supply is a lot different than what has been in the past. And as we know, 68 new starting quarterbacks had to start games this year. So much so that the NFL already came out today and Troy Vincent there at 345 Park Avenue in New York, said that they want to change the grounding rule because they know it's a problem. Because if your quarterback gets hurt, it's going to affect the outcome of games and the play is going to significantly drop for teams that have an opportunity to compete. So very interesting year all around what's considered to really protect these quarterbacks and what's available out there to make your team better. You know, Jim, another topic that has interested me, because it's not only paying attention to the Combine, but paying attention to the NFL over the last few weeks. But now it kind of picked up a little speed here at the Combine. I've never heard the conversation quicker about coaches being on a hot seat because they got Belichick and Vrabel and some of the other guys waiting in the wings for their coaching opportunities. So it's almost like a combination. If they don't get the draft right that converts to performance and development at a high level, you could see guys that are in jeopardy already of losing their job. And for me, it's kind of a weird topic to being brought up at the Combine when this should be about the players and not a coaching future. Yeah, but I, I think we know that that window gets smaller every year. And it's not just for the coaches. I think it's for the general manager. Certainly a guy like Bill Belichick, with his success, you know, you're going to, you know, out of respect to him and what he's done, you know, you're going to want him to see it through. But you've got newbie coaches, and I think we know the reasons why. Look at down there in Carolina with uh, Dave Canellis, who was just hired there. Not a lot of guys would have taken that job. It's not an acceptable job. Uh, you know, with what they've done and how impatient the owner has been. And so it's just not an attractive job. And typically that guy wants to win now. These owners are aggressive. They don't have patience. And that's why he's already gone through four new head coaches. And I think that's really a new trend around the NFL as well. Think of the new owners out in Denver. I mean, they signed the contract for Russell Wilson and then brought on Sean Payton. All right. If I'm the owner, I'd be like, dude, that's why I brought you in here is to fix the quarterback. All right. And this is a guy who's played at a high level and it sounds like they're all ready to cut ties. So impatience is at an all time high, whether it's a veteran coach in Sean Payton or whether it's a rookie coach like Dave Canellis. Where the impatience is, is at the most important spot. Offensive yeah. coordinator. Since twenty twenty one, every offensive coordinator has changed. Yep. In going to be is that insane i i mean we we bring it up with uh with uh uh cosell great cosell in our interview coming up here a bit later i'm just stunned by that 
every single coordinator has changed. Now, they may have been rehired by somebody else from that group, but, Jim, when you're talking about QB and offense is taking several years to really digest, get understood, and you're changing languages constantly, it flies in the face of all the discussion we have about guys like Peyton Manning who had the same offense for all those years and, and Aaron Rodgers and Green, all, all these different uh, offenses where quarterbacks flourished and because you, you took your time with them and you didn't have all this change. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for yeah. offense. It's not good for these quarterbacks who, you know, we beat them up when they don't do well, but maybe in part because we're not patient with the offensive coordinators that are teaching them. No, I agree with that, Jeff, because, you know, that's never good on a young quarterback's career when you're constantly changing offensive coordinators. One coach coaches it one way. Another coach coaches it a different way. They've got different schemes, different philosophies, different terminologies that you said and and discussed and really just, you know, laid out right there when these old coordinators need to adjust to the talent that they have and gear the offense to to the talents of the players that they have. And you don't see that. This is a lot of cookie-cutter stuff where it doesn't work out. Let's move on. Let's get another guy in here, and he's going to want to do it his way. Here, Here's what he believes in. And you look at a guy like Alex Smith, who I bring up all the time. He had nine different offensive coordinators as the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. All right? He moves on to Andy Reid. And, by the way, he took them as the first number one overall pick to a championship game. Andy, Andy Reid identified the talent. They trade for him, thus they win uh, the AFC West Championship before they ended up going to Patrick Mahomes. All right, by then, he had been through the gauntlet. He had been through every system. He had learned everything. It was a school of hard knocks for him, and it's just never a productive way to go about it. I think we all acknowledge Alex Smith ultimately had a good career, but it was a rough start, man, for all the reasons that you just mentioned. That guy was just going through offense after offense and never could settle in. He was constantly learning the new offense, having to get on the same page with the new coach, when really the coach really needs to gear the offense to the players that they have. By the way, Braden Fisk's 40, faster than Patrick Mahomes ran at the combine. (laughs) 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 I just just find that amazing uh, for the uh, redshirt senior transfer to FSU from Western Michigan. All right, Jim, we're going to take a break. We'll have one more segment with you with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to our producers, Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli and also to Jay Cantu in the ESPN 1000 studios. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. And this segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller's in Indianapolis. Uh, taking care of combine duty. Uh, we're headed back there tomorrow to hear uh, quarterback Caleb Williams and Drake May and... Jaden Daniels and all those guys, uh, Jim, uh, the line to get in there is going to be interesting. People are saying they're going to start showing up at 5 a.m. Because yeah. it's in a, it's, if people can understand, in the old days, you know, you'd get one or two guys and you'd have a lot of room to operate and you could actually ask questions. But now they bring in 10 or 12 players at once and you have to pick your, your lane, but the crowd will be around Caleb Williams. That's just the fact of the matter. And there's TV cameras and a, a lot of reporters, and, and you're not going to be able to even hear what he has to say, so you may have to wait to hear it later. But uh, what are your expectations? What kind of questions do you think he's going to get? 
Yeah, I, I think you're going to get a ton of questions. One, it's just totally different now, Jeff. I, I think about when I first started with Sirius, there were only 250 credentials offered by the NFL. Now there's over well over 2,000 media credentials uh, that are approved by the NFL because this has became now a TV event, right? And the media comes down here, and it's a, it's a big event, and now they're broadcasting it on, on TV, and it's somewhat must-watch uh, TV. But, yeah, I do think everybody's going to surround Caleb Williams. You know, he is projected to be the number one overall uh, quarterback taken. I, I do think he's been well-prepped, uh, much like his uh, the release of the statement the other day about how much he, you know, would love to be drafted by Chicago, and he's talking about deep dish uh, pizza and Sears Tower, and, you know, somebody prepped him. You know, somebody prepped him uh, to say the things that he did, and I think he'll be prepped tomorrow and very polished with how he deals with with the media. He's not going to show his cards and we know he's not going to do a lot down here, but the media is part of it because his camp wants him to have his story told. And that's just part of the chess match that goes in to the NFL draft nowadays. All right. I'll ask each of you, I'm going to start with Tom and then Jim, pick it up, pick up the baton. What, what, what do you need to hear from him? Uh, Sylvia Waddle asked me that same question. I said, I want to see and hear the depth of his love of the game. And sometimes that can't be rehearsed. It just comes out organically. What do you want to hear? You know, he started and now he's put that ball in motion. I don't know if there's any injury concerns throughout his college career that we should be concerned about. Is he trying to hide something that's been bothering him? Is that why he doesn't want to do the medical? Does he just not want to take that time up? So I would be interesting to, you know, just hear it from him to say if there's any uh, concerns about, you know, any, any issues that may come up in the future. I don't know if he'll answer them honestly. But I, I would like to know that. But, you know, I I think, like Jim said, he's been prepped to talk enthusiastically about any of the top cities that are up up in this draft. And, uh, you know, I don't think that he'll, you know, you can ask him a question to really get an honest answer out of him. But just because now I have medical, medical concerns, if he's not willing to stand in front of an X-ray machine or get tested by the doctors when they look at your knee manipulation and the other things they do. Well, I think from his standpoint, that's a big mistake because, as we know, they always have the medical rechecks. And at some point, he's going to have to give the medicals to all the teams that potentially would be interested uh, in him. Uh, there, there's no team that's going to sign off on dra- drafting him without having the medical. And so if this is unprecedented for a player to do this, this could be unprecedented for a team that says, hey, you don't give us a medical, we're taking you off our board. And I hate to be as blunt as that, but – your body is your resume, quite frankly, and teams need to push back a little bit because that's what this uh, Indianapolis Combine was designed for. But any one of those teams that potentially, and obviously the Bears are in the number one pole position to do it, they're going to get the medical, and they will put him through a workout whether he likes it or not because if he doesn't, then they may take him off their board too, no different than any other team because those are what the, the fact-finding mission guided discovery that teams are looking for when they were to make that type of investment into a player who was refusing to do so. Jim, have you altered any of your thinking on any of the top quarterbacks? And and, and that includes like J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix and, and Bo Nix, not just the, the, the big three that we're all discussing that could go one, two, three in the draft. Um, because of who you've spoken to, scouts, or your own analysis of the tape and just your research. Yeah, I think Jaden Daniels is going to leapfrog Drake May, in in my opinion, from North Carolina. Yeah, I do think he will. I think teams 
I really he in order the way I hear it from teams, they look at him as another Lamar Jackson, who's what a two-time league MVP now, right? So that's that's the feeling they're getting about Jaden Daniels. I do think Michael Penix is going to be big on the medical, but I do think he will go in the first round. I'm somewhat surprised at how high a lot of teams look at J.J. McCarthy from University of Michigan. A lot of teams have him in the top 20 right now, which surprises me. I I personally don't rate him that high. Not that I don't like him, but I just think that's too high for him. I think he's more of a system guy on a very talented team, in my opinion. But a lot of people will go back and say, well, go look at the TCU game with him. He threw it all over the lot. Michigan has 18 players down here at the Combine. They are a very good football team. I, I personally think he's overrated. And I think if you look at a guy like Bo Nix, I don't think he's going in the first round. I think he's a six-year player who's kind of at his ceiling right now. You know, he's got 61 uh, games played in college. So I think, you know, you've seen him at his best. But Michael Penix is a guy I'm interested in. I think his uh, medicals, uh, if they prove true, I think he's a guy you'd want to take in the, in the first round. So I see probably five guys going in the first round. And lastly, before we let you go, and I'll, I'll have time to ask one more question as well, but uh, in terms of everything else, uh, is there a position group that you're most intrigued watching, and you're watching certainly the stuff today from the defensive line and linebacker level uh, that you really want to see? I know we're going to watch those quarterbacks on Saturday, but any group that you need to see to verify some things or to uh, push up, especially as it pertains to the Bears, who, you know, I would think edge, safety, not not that they won't fill those needs in free agency, but uh, receiver, those type of things. Yeah, I, I think receivers, you know, there's all kinds of good receivers, and they come in all sizes. That seemed to be the, seems to be the case the past few years. I am interested in these pass rushers. One specifically is the Missouri kid, Darius Robinson, who ran, I think, a 491 today at 287 pounds. I mean, this guy is like, a, to me, he's like a Cam Jordan type of player. I think he's unique. I do think there are linebackers that are unique, and I do think there are a lot of big corners in this draft, a lot of big corners uh, in this draft. So that intrigues me. An offensive tackle, this is a good offensive line draft. You know, for Michael Haynes, I think I brought him up from UConn, the guard. There's good centers here. I think the Bears are positioned to draft a good center. Powers Johnson out there from Oregon is one to – to really keep your eye on, but a lot of good centers, a lot of good tackles, and some good guards. So O-line, corner, uh, line, or pass rusher, I think are interesting. I think all areas that should interest the Chicago Bears. You know, Jim, when you look at the tight end position and all the job requirement of that position in today's modern-day game, you know, sometimes I find it difficult to see the, a solid evaluation of what the upside of is the of these tight ends. You know, you got Bowers from Georgia and, and you yeah. know kids, kids like that. But is there a group of tight ends here that, when we talked about it last week, the Bears maybe should be interested in getting one similar to the the template of Cole Komet in the versatility? Are is there a talent amongst this group of guys? Oh, yeah. I think if you look at Ben Sinnott from uh, K-State, check out this guy. I mean, this guy walks on at K-State. He's got a full ride to South Dakota. He walks on to K-State. He tells his dad, Dad, I'm going to earn a scholarship in a year. And his dad's like, hey, man, why don't you just take South Dakota? That way I don't got to pay a year of school, right? So he says, Dad, I'll earn a scholarship in a year. Goes to K-State, gains 40 pounds, 
earns a scholarship uh, in his first year, and this dude's a player. He's a player. He's a movement tight end. He's going to get better at his inline stuff, but this guy has earned it everywhere he's played. And he, like I said, he walked on, and he would, he was not a big guy. He said he got depleted his first day and said, I, I thought I made a mistake. But he said, I'm going to see it through, and he made a promise to his dad, and he filled it. The other guy is Theo Johnson from Penn State, legit 6'6", 257. You should hear the story of his yeah. family. Crazy. His mom's from – their husband was abusing her. She took their six kids, walked away from the marriage. She now has become a lawyer. I talked to this young man today. He's the real deal, and he can do it all. And he's got the frame, the character, the discipline, the drive, everything you're looking for. He's a very interesting guy that I'm sure a lot of teams – want a coach yeah i was there listening to that story and he was so he says i am proud to be here my mom did everything for us they were homeless for a long while and yep. uh and and the, everybody in the family is on its way to having a successful life and she's a partner in the law firm you got one last thing and we're gonna no, i just go. say that's because you talk about the template of cole Komet. you know in high school he lettered in baseball golf tennis track and hockey so you talk <laughs> about athleticism versatility yep. he's got a little bit of in his athletic background all right big jim i know you got a big day where are you going tonight we're going to tony's nice Tony's. Joint. <laughs> don't yeah. know it don't know it never been well you guys have a great time you guys have a lot to celebrate uh it's been a heck of a run uh, with uh, everything you guys have done here in the uh, off season, uh, with the Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, now this, then the Pro Days, then the draft. You guys work hard over there. We'll see you up there again. I'll be back tomorrow. All right, guys. Good to be with you. All right, Jim Miller here on Bears Weekly. Coming up next, we're joined by Greg Cosell from NFL Films, an interview I did with him this afternoon in Indianapolis with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Want VIP access, including exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more to every Bears home game next season? Well, join the wait list to get the ultimate VIP fan package in 2024 by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. We're talking combine. We're talking quarterbacks. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Interesting stuff from Big Jim Miller, uh, as he always has a unique perspective. He talks to so many of these guys uh, every single day. And is he, I was watching him yesterday. He's on his set. They're doing morning interviews for their afternoon show, but then he's walking around and he's just talking with coaches, executives, and it's just a constant. This is what it is. And during the period of time you're available, and in the old days, uh, they, it was all day. Now they've they've taken these interviews, Tom, and they're 20-minute chunks of groups of players. And so one day it may start at 8 a.m. and be done by noon. Uh, today it started at 9:30 or 9 a.m. and it was done by 11:30, and it's really condensed the time the players have to be available, and uh, it, it creates then a day of constant search for other information. And the halls are lined up with reporters trying to snag somebody to find out a nugget, and that's what it's become: camping out looking for info. Yeah, you know, you think of every interview. Jim starts with the background of being a quarterback, and no matter what player uh what position coach you're talking to what player you're getting ready to talk to it's always you know comes from the jim's uh ideals from a quarterback and how it fits along to the different 
position and position coaches that he gets to talk to. So he has a, you know, has a different, uh, uh, an interesting take on it, just like I would have the same as an ex-offensive lineman if I was talking to linebackers, defensive linemen, you know, different members of different coaching staffs. I would have different thought processes as, as well. But, you know, Jim's got a ton of experience of, you know, talking to a lot of different people in the league. I don't, I don't think we're talking about tackles enough. I mean, these tackles we never are. Do. These tackles are really good, Tom. Listen, they, they are very good resumes. Uh, they they project to being very good. Everything's a projection, obviously. Uh, but that that are there could be seven or eight first round tackles. Well, well, you know, you know, taking into consideration right now, what's the second most important position that Bears have to get right this year? And when you consider free agency in the draft, and it's probably center. And yeah. we won't talk about center, Jeff, until the third day of the draft, which is a shame. Well, I so, think it, you know. It's a now. This is a, a question for you. You would know better. So, who, whomever, whomever the quarterback is for the Bears starting week one, do you want a rookie center or do you want a veteran center to take some of the load off the quarterback? Uh, that's not a prerequisite for me. Okay, I, I want a talented center that throws a really efficient shotgun snapback. Considering what percentage of the time you're in a shotgun uh, offense nowadays, I want a guy that has the ability to be a leader immediately. I don't want I don't want a shy passive center. I want a guy that comes in here that has a Type A personality with an attitude and. Uh, guy that is familiar with the weight room you know I, w- I was talking to someone about some you know what, what they said what's a different evaluation you would do uh, with a guy if you wanted to get to know him a little bit better and I would take an offensive lineman I would take a position player and I would take him in the weight room yeah and I, I would no I would say this put 185 on the bar for me and uh, now if they got a okay that that's a 45 on each side and then you got to put a 20 that was a one you know so i i want to see how repetitiously you've been in that weight room to tell me a little bit about the reason why you're here if if again if you need information fed to you about how to work in a weight room that tells me a little bit about your offseason preparation so if i have a center and I have a guy I want I'm concerned about his 225 reps. I'm concerned not necessarily his 40, I'm concerned about his 10. I'm right. concerned about um his his vertical jump. You know, so the explosive aspects of those type of judgmented players is what I'm interested in. Yeah, I'd be I'd be nervous uh, sitting with you in a in an interview because I'll tell you what your your demands are going to be different and they're going to be football related and not going to be any, you know, I I'm saying this in a, yeah. in a in a positive way and a compliment to you because you would you'd get right in there with them and you'd mix it up a little bit. You know, it's like uh, I would. Know, ju- I just want to see how well they know their way around yeah, the room. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys all have trainers that are loading those bars, so I don't know if they can. I don't know if they're computing it. Listen, <laughs> as, as many as as much time throughout your high school and your college career that you spend in a weight room, you become so familiar yeah. with weighing added up from the forty-five to the thirty-five to the twenty-five to the ten, the five, and the two and a half. You can ask me any th- combination yeah. of what you want onto a bar, and I can go in and put it on in a second's notice. If you got to sit there and do it with a calculator. You're telling me all I need to know about your investment in the weight room. Greg Cosell does great work for NFL Films. He's breaking down video and game tape. He's done it his entire career. I ran into him this morning in Indianapolis to talk quarterbacks and other things. I mean, obviously, you know, you have Caleb Williams, you have Drake May, you have Jaden Daniels. They're the guys being talked about right now as, you know, the top guys. Um, you know, I think all of them have really positive traits and, and are good prospects. 
And, you know, I always think in terms of these guys as prospects. Until a guy plays in the NFL, it's hard for me to talk about them as anything more. You know, we've seen in the past when players are talked about generational and that kind of stuff, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily work out right. because it's, it's a little harder in the NFL than it is in college. Um, you know, I think Williams is a really interesting guy. Um, you know, he's clearly gifted. Um, clearly gifted. Um, controls the ball really well. He's an easy thrower of the football. Obviously can make wow plays above the X's and O's and off script. Um, you know, played an offense that doesn't necessarily translate really well to the league. So on tape, you probably didn't see as m- much, you know, timing and rhythm throws, hit the back football, come out, zone window throws, things that you have to do in the league. My guess is he's more than capable of doing that, but you still would like to see it more. And then, you, so you don't know until you see until you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Drake may. I think he'll wow people a little bit because he's going to be so big. You know, he's going to be not quite as big as Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, but kind of like that. So I think he'll be a, a, an impressive physical specimen, and he's a great athlete for that size. He's a very easy thrower of the football. It's it's like Joe Burrow with a better arm; like he throws it very easily. Um, <laughs> But he's got a few concerns on tape. You know, I think he misses a few too many easy ones. Um, I think he drifts a little bit in the pocket, which causes some problems for him. Um, but somebody's going to look at his traits and size as a trait, and they're going to feel like this guy is has what it takes. And, you know, whether he's ready to play week one, that's that. there's ten different variables that come into play there. Jaden Daniels is a guy that's really, really grown on me. I watched him last summer from 2022. I've watched a ton of him from 2023. I actually spoke to someone who said he's up to 212. I don't, I don't know what the, the numbers are. We'll find out, you know, at some point here soon. Um, you know, because obviously there are people concerned about his bill, that he was, you know, lean. Um, and obviously he's not as great a runner as he is. I think one of the things that's really impressive about him is he just uses that as a parachute he doesn't drop back and look to run that's his last resort so you know he's really comfortable in the pocket he's got good mechanics good technique not a gun but can make every throw um i think there's enough on film with him that shows that he can make the kinds of throws you need to make in the nfl um, he, to me, he's kind of an ascending guy. I, and I heard, I actually spoke to a coach who, who interviewed him and said he's super impressive as a kid, like super impressive. Like you want him in your quarterback room. So, you know, those are the main three guys. Um, I guess the big question is. What are the Bears going to do? Right? No, no, no. The big question is who jumps into that now a number four out of those, you know, because uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's that, a lot of taste, whatever I your taste. I think after that you're starting to get into um, – scheme adaptability yeah coach who who a coach feels runs their system you know at a, at a higher level um and then you know i don't think anybody next is going to be a top 10 guy in my view yeah. um you know i particularly like bo Nix as someone who you know but he's a scheme guy i mean i think he's an efficient player with movement ability um some might like jj mccarthy because of what he was in college he ran a, an NFL system at a relatively high level. Um, I don't think his traits on tape are really high level, but, you know, he's he played at a high level in college football and ran a system really well.
And, and won a national championship uh, with uh, 17 of his teammates at the scouting combine. I, I cut that short a little bit to give you a moment to talk about it before we go to break, but uh, we're walking and talking, so there's no notes. Like, yeah. he, 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 he knows it cold. Like, it was a very fascinating interview. I, I talked to him for like 20 minutes and went deep dive on everybody. Yeah, you know, so if you look at the three quarterbacks and, you know, you look at Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams reminds me of a guy like Lincoln Riley always counted on him as a bailout. He'll bail me out quarterback. He didn't have great receivers. He didn't have great offensive line. But Caleb will make a play that is going to get us out of this. The worst game that he played was probably Notre Notre Dame game when he tried to do too much. But I still believe in Caleb Williams and his throwing ability. When you look at Drake May, the thing that concerns me about him, even though he's a big, strong guy, he never has the right foundation of his feet, and he counts on his arm to get the job done. I think if you don't have a solid throwing foundation, you create inaccuracies in your own decision-making process of trying to throw the ball. And one thing about Daniels from LSU, he's lived under the pressure of one of the most pressurized coaches in all of college football, and that's Brian Kelly. I think one of the biggest things that you can learn on how to handle pressure is when you have a coach like Brian Kelly and the amount of pressure that he puts on you to be successful and started with herman edwards in arizona state before transferring to lsu and having that long career he's played a lot of football at the college level when we come back we'll have more on the combine from bruce feldman he writes for the athletic this is bears weekly on espn 1000 of the bears radio network this is bears weekly with the voice of the bears for 23 years jeff joniak on the bears radio network this segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff and Tom here on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. Uh, Bruce Feldman, another member of the media. We're trying to get a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts about the quarterbacks. And I was impressed with some of the writers from around the country and the, the football enthusiasts that are covering this sport because all of them are not pure writers they're, they're football analysts that have podcasts or whatever but uh, a lot of these guys asking the teammates or the opponents of Caleb Williams and Drake May how they defended them Tommy throughout the course of their careers and the different respect and, and for Caleb Williams in the case of Caleb Williams it was got to keep him in the pocket otherwise he's going to kill you and just that mobility the the second reactive throws uh, that he could make uh, off off schedule and off balance and a magician back there. So that was consistent. And then with Drake May, just, you know, he, he's, he's got a laser. And he just, he does not, he's not afraid of ripping off a pass. And he'll fit it into tight windows. And everybody respecting what Jaden Daniels, over the course of his career, has grown into. So that's from players. And I think we're hearing a lot of that, too, from the media. And, and then, of course, the discussion about, you know, Justin Fields and what's going to happen there. That's the other main topic. It's a topic every single minute up there. What's going to happen? What will the Bears do? Well, I, I think it's a wise approach to go and evaluate the the mindset of players that played against them. But if you go back and you look at the teams that has had success against Patrick Mahomes since he's been in the NFL, and it's pressuring yep. him inside the pocket and making him get in a retreat position, and then that's when you try to make him make sacrifices in his accuracy in locating a target. 
And I don't, you know, maybe that's the same thing that Caleb Williams is going to face throughout his NFL career is being, you know, having, you know, these guys to keep him inside the pocket. But what happens if you face a team that has a deficiency in closing the ranks around a pocket and he's able to use his fluidity to find targets to get outside the the offense and open up an offense that's more designed to, you know, hit what he sees and everything. So, you know, any any of the quarterbacks, you're going to go out and you evaluate the players that played against them, and they're going to tell you something different about each one. Yeah, and 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 how they their scheme, how they prepared for them, also. So that was also very different how they chose to to defend these players. Also, you just hit upon something that I, I, I'm answering every question at the combine. I've I done a lot of interviews, national, other teams, whatever. And you know, oh, what what are the what, where's your focus beyond the court? Line of scrimmage remains because. If you're talking about playoff football, what we saw and we texted each other these these things, it's 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 pressure. If you can't protect your quarterback late in the season to get into the playoffs or in the playoffs, like you're referring to right. with Patrick Mahomes against, uh, you know, the couple of years ago when the when against the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was yeah. ferocious, and if you can't apply pressure that gets home, you're going to lose. Well, you so know, that is important. Go look at some of the games that the Bears played this year, Tampa in Tampa. They weren't able to close a line of scrimmage, and they got beat down there. Kansas City in Kansas City. They weren't able to stop the line of scrimmage and, and block Chris Jones, even though he just came aboard and the rest of their defensive linemen. And you, you saw the end results of it. But, you know, you have to think about within your own division. If you can't go out there and put up a, 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 a pass-blocking force against Green Bay Packers because the Bears have run the ball pretty well against Green Bay, but eventually they're going to have to match wits with Jordan Love, and that's going to be about pass protection and getting your receivers out into the open. All right, this uh, conversation I had with Bruce Feldman. Again, he writes for the Athletic College Football. He is very popular for his Feldman Freaks, the unbelievable athletic accomplishments of some of these athletes that we're watching right now at the Combine uh, over the course of their careers, uh, but also sideline reporter. He's been in many games of some of these players and quarterbacks on the sidelines multiple times. But we start with the expensive and very adventurous journey that almost every team takes in trying to find a quarterback. No, it absolutely is because you're the franchise. You're the person who's going to change everything. And like I said, they get it wrong. It's a position where guys get hurt a lot. Um, You know, and even the ones who we think are, oh, this guy has got everything. You find out there's something missing, you know, and I I just think that that's why, you know, that's why this is a really interesting draft, especially because it's so top heavy with franchise quarterbacks. Like if you asked me last year, and I feel like I've said this on the I was more sold on CJ than Bryce Young. Part of it was CJ's just a physically bigger guy. Um, but I thought he had everything you're looking for. Now, I didn't think he would be as great as he was as a rookie. But I think you're just trying to get to the most consensus in your head and kind of squeeze out the most wiggle room. And that's what, that's what kind of goes into this. So how do you evaluate this group? I think it's a really good group. Um, I, I think Caleb could be special. Drake May is really good. I don't know what. Like, Jaden Daniels blew up this year. He really improved. I'm a little more skeptical on him physically. Um, you know, he's not. He's got a, he's a narrow frame guy who can run. And he did, you know, had a statistically terrific season at LSU. He had two great receivers. 
I'm a little more eh, not as if you told me he's the third pick in the draft. I'm not I not sure. I would be a little leery on that one. Um, I like Michael Penix Jr. a lot. I know he has injury history. I think he was as impressive. He I, to me he was the most. He was my Heisman vote number one. Um, I like his character. I like that he has faced heavy personal adversity, come through the other side, and is open to talk about it. I think, um, you know, it depends on what situation he goes into. I, I'm a big fan of his. I, you know, he's one of the guys I'm most interested to see how he turns out and everything. I loved watching the Pac-12 this year. I mean, early in the season, you know, and then just the receiver. Like, he's Roma Dunze, I fell in love with immediately, and uh, well, everyone talks about Marvin Harrison, and he will be great, I'm sure. Uh, Roma Dunze and a bunch of others are not are not players to sleep on. What'd you learn about Caleb Williams? And I'm sure you did some of his games on the sidelines. What can you tell us? That I think he managed some things pretty well. You know, like I know guys on that staff who really people like him. I just think he was handed a different set of problems yeah. than a lot of other quarterbacks. The the offensive line this past year was terrible. The defense was so bad that, you know, I used this line before that an NFL scout had told me where it's like he's trying to hit a five-run home run every play. And you wonder, do you pick up bad habits from doing it that way? Which can definitely happen. You think about some, I mean, I think of David Carr. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. There are obviously different style quarterbacks, but David Carr got sacked. I don't know what the number is, like oh, 75 in- Insane, yeah. Yeah, and so all You're of a seeing ghosts like, after a while. Yeah, and you know who else said seeing ghosts? That was another USC quarterback, Sam Darnold. And um, I think Caleb is much more talented than Darnold, but I do think there's something where you may have to unlearn some things that got worn into you. So... If he goes to the Washington and he's going home, that's where he's from. You know, he'll go to Cliff Kingsbury, who knows him very well from his time last year at USC. That's favorable circumstances. Um, but, like, I hope, you know, I again, like, you heard a lot of stuff about, like, you know, how some of the dads, of his father's um, thoughts on what needs to happen and everything, and it's like... I, I change the game is a thing that can be a little leery. Like, you know, Tom Brady did some, um, you know, some, you know, stuff way beyond football, but he did it long after he won Super Bowls. To go in and talk about these things, mm-hmm. I think, is maybe puts a lot on, on your son, especially when your son's not that old. Drake May in the same situation, different set of circumstances in 2023 versus 2022. Yes. Different for him to also, Phil Longo was more of an air raid guy. That was the OC he had. Previously, and then new system last year handled it well. I think he was a—I don't want to say he was flying under the radar, but at least relative to Caleb and the other guys in the Heisman race, he certainly was. Everybody I know who's been around him likes him personally. Um, you know, again, if I think he's going to be a really, really good NFL quarterback, I don't know what people would fault him on. I just—and I, I do think it's good that he. Not good. For, it wasn't good for him at North Carolina, but just that he's come through a couple of systems, and I don't think he, I don't think he buckled with any of it. And that- no, he did not. Uh, he was uh, their team leader, great guy. Loved uh, some of the features I've seen on him. We'll pick up Tom's thoughts and all that in our final segment coming up here on Bears Weekly on ESPN One Thousand of the Bears Radio Network. 
This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. All right, our final segment is brought to you by CDW, people to get it and get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Uh, remaining moments, thoughts on you know, Bruce Feldman? Well, on Bruce Feldman and everybody else that has an opinion about the quarterback, no one is in agreement on the, no. their <laughs> opinion about the quarterback. Which scares I, me. <laughs> I, well, I, I wish that we could do a show here on a Thursday night and take calls for the whole one hour and only about the quarterback position and then tally them up at the end of the show to see where they wanted to go. And I bet you'd be one-third, one-third, one-third. You know, one-third keep Justin, one-third keep uh, get Caleb, or one-third, you know, one of the other guys, Drake or Daniels. So it's just that no matter who you interview and the different people that oh, you yeah. talk to yeah. at, down at the Combine and will continue to talk to, you're, there's never going to be an agreement in the room of what your decision you should be you should be making. So when they show those pictures of Ryan Poles up at the Combine, that's why he is the most interesting man in the Combine this year because everybody's trying to pick his brain and think exactly what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, and it's a billion-dollar decision. For a billion yes, dollar is. franchise, yes, uh, it is, and it, you know, and this is. Uh, hey, listen, they invite it. You know, uh, they'd rather be in the pressure department than not. So that you're in the highest level of sports, and uh, they embrace this kind of stuff for sure. Only if I was hoisting the Super Bowl trophy yeah. at the end of the season, <laughs> and I was the non-pressure of that pick. All right, well, uh, it's been a fun show. Uh, headed back to Indy, we'll have another show next week uh, on Bears Weekly. We got our podcast, Bears, etc., coming up on Tuesday. And we're going to have to start looking at free agency time in our final 30 seconds because some of those needs we talked about will be filled in free agency. We both feel about free agency the same way, I think. Don't, don't blow out the budget. Exactly. You know, and, and look for an immediate starter if you're going to go out there and you can get the return on a T.J. Edwards, Tremaine, or Tremaine Edmonds, and those types of guys, bring them on. All right. Thanks to everybody, our producers and the executive producer of the Bears Radio Network, as well, Eric Ostrowski. For Tom and Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak. Bleck and Abdallah are coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Bears Weekly on the new radio home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bent Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.